Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, nothing in between. Welcome to the Kevin Clifton Show. So, like I said um, on the previous podcast, it's been um, it's been pretty difficult um, having any time whatsoever to record anything for these podcasts because we're in that period uh, towards the end of Strictly Come Dancing when everything is mad busy. Um, I think I said on the last podcast that I've never been busier than I am right now on Strictly. Um, even though I got eliminated back in week three, which seems a lifetime ago now, um, I'm just you end up doing so many other things. Like you're constantly busy on Strictly. A lot of people always ask me, "What what do you do when you get knocked out?" And um, for me, it was a case of um, obviously I did the children in need special um, with Maisie from EastEnders, which uh, we were lucky enough to win. Um, I did a couple of weeks dancing with Alex. Um, Alex Scott who was dancing with Neil Jones when he got an injury now I'm doing the Christmas special dancing with Debbie McGee um, so I'm on my fourth partner um, for this series of Strictly and um, loads of group numbers um, been working on some big things and I hope you've all been in- enjoying it um, I have to say I think that this weekend just gone the musicals week of Strictly Come Dancing was the best episode of the series so far I think it, I, th- I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Actually, in, in, in the seven years that I've done Strictly Come Dancing, it's one of the best episodes I've seen. Because obviously I'm getting to watch a lot more of, of, of Strictly this series because um, I, I went out earlier. Um, so just to, even as a viewer, just being stood up in Claudia's area and watching the series and, and, and watching the musicals episode at the weekend, I just had a great time. I think the energy in the audience was up. All the dancers... The pros and the celebrities delivered. The group numbers were amazing. We had amazing singers on the show for the weekend. And um, I just, I think musicals week is always a good week on Strictly. But I, I think when Strictly get it right, like it just showed, they just show time and time again why it's, it's the best show on TV. And, um, and obviously I'm biased because I'm a part of the show and I'm not, I haven't been asked to say that or anything. Um, but I just, I just thought it was absolutely incredible and I've seen a lot of the comments as well and um, a lot of people saying that they thought that um, it was the best episode of, of the series so far and um, and they they just loved it a lot of positive feedback for Strictly this weekend which is brilliant I think um, I think everyone's just working so hard to pull off the best show that they possibly can and I, and I can't applaud anyone enough actually um, for what they for what they put on at the weekend now Saying that, before we get into um, the main subject of this episode, which is um, which is about creativity, I want <laughs> for me personally, um, this weekend on, on on musicals week of Strictly was a massive, massive deal because uh, for those of you who watched it, you'll have seen that um, the opening of the show of the live show on 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 the Saturday um, was a big Hello Dolly medley choreographed by Bill Deemer, um, an Olivier award-winning choreographer. And I was singing at, at the beginning of it. So me and Anton Dubeck were singing. And um, it was a massive deal for me. And it's something that I was really excited about. Obviously, I've been doing a lot of singing um, in, in the last year or two. Um, I'm, I'm singing more and more in different shows. So I, I was keen to get the opportunity to sing on, on Strictly Come Dancing and sort of show what I can do. But in saying that, uh, it's a classic example of, if you've listened to episode one of this podcast, you'll, um, you'll understand sometimes what I can be a bit like as a performer. 
And, and it's one of the reasons why I set up this podcast is to talk about this stuff. Um, how sometimes like I can just be a complete mess in my head. And, some, and when I'm in a real positive state, I feel like I'm completely unstoppable and I can achieve a lot of good stuff. But when I get into a different state in my head, my own head can be my own worst enemy. And I, w- I was a mess all week going into this weekend because I knew that I would be uh, singing on the show and I, and I was nervous. And especially um, the day before in the rehearsals and then the day of, I, w- I was e- extremely nervous. And like I said, I talked about this a, a bit in episode one where I, I just get so kind of I second guess myself all the time and I start to you know beat myself up and start getting this little voice on my shoulder saying you're not good enough you're not good enough um, and you start sort of psyching yourself out of something and now if you've listened to all the episodes building up to this one I've talked a lot about how to deal with that sort of thing and uh, the, the process that our brains go through and then how, how we can deal with that and what we should go through but, you know, I think for everyone, just because we understand this stuff and are able to talk about it doesn't always necessarily mean that we're good at applying it. And for all the stuff that I've sort of read and, and for all the work that I do all the time on, on uh, mindset and, and how we should approach things um, and, and, you know, how to have good sort of um, good mental strategies for these sort of events. Um, there are times still, you know, because we're all a work in progress where you go into it just in in a state of mind that, that really challenges you and um, I was really nervous about it and uh, one of the one of the one of the reasons I was nervous was which is you know a thing that I get wrong according to stuff I've been talking about on in, in previous episodes is that you can very easily start to worry about what people are going to think of you now if I would take my own advice then I would let go of all that and not worry about what people think of you and uh, of, of me, sorry, and, and just think about, you know, what I'm doing and what um, the work that I'm putting in and, and the result that, that I create rather than whether I get any kind of validation from other people. But, um, you know, this podcast is about being honest. And I think what, what probably went through my head, well, what definitely went through my head was... Um, the, the truth is I've done lots of singing. I've been singing for about 10 years. Um, this is not the first time that I've, I've sung in front of people. So if I look at all the evidence of, um, of, of my singing career, I started about 10 years ago now. Um, it was when I first started having singing lessons because um, I wanted to audition for musicals and, and, and I wanted to do Dirty Dancing. So I, I auditioned for a part in Dirty Dancing in the West End. I was on Broadway at the time in New York with, with Burn the Floor. Um, but I wanted to audition for a musical for the first time. So I, I started taking singing lessons and I had to sing in an audition and I got a role in, in the play. So it was, it was successful. Um, so it went well and I was singing not big parts, but I was singing backing vocals in that. And then since then, I've been taking singing lessons on and off from different people. And then last year... Um, in the summer of, of last year, I was offered the opportunity to audition for Rock of Ages, the musical. And I had to sing a big rock song and had to have some sort of pretty big vocals with a, with a, a high range. And I worked a lot on 
on being able to sing those songs and, and not just sing them um, and sing them well, but also how to protect my voice and use the right technique. Because if I was going to be doing that musical, I'd have to I'd have to do eight shows a week. So I did a lot of work um, to make sure I could do that. Um, audition for Rock of Ages. The audition went really well. I got the part and, um, you know, for, for the, I'm sure there'll be many of you listening that, that came to see Rock of Ages on, on tour this year. And um, I was playing the role of Stacey Jacks, which is the Tom Cruise role in, in the movie. Um, and I was singing some, some massive songs um, every night and I just loved it. And, and I felt like as I continued learning and learning that the, my singing was getting better and better throughout the musical. Then went on to uh, my show Burn the Floor and I did a lot of singing in that as well. But I was singing some more sort of old school jazz songs, um, some pop songs as well. Um, so basically I've been singing all year this year through touring with Rock of Ages the musical and Burn the Floor. Um, and then since then, I've sang at uh, my good friend John Robbins, who's actually um, helped me out with, with preparing for Rock of Ages. He, um, he was doing some gigs. He, he's a bit of a West End legend. Uh, he's currently performing in uh, Les Mis um, as Jean Valjean after he's just done a run with Hamilton in the West End. So he's, he's like proper, like top of the tree in the West End. And he did a few gigs um, of his own, just his own show, touring around the country. And um, when, we, when we, he was in London, asked me to, um, to come on as a guest and, and perform with him. And I sang one of the songs from Rock of Ages at the London gig. Um, I've also sung on an album of uh, a good mate of mine, Leon Garner, who has a jazz band who... Um, tours all around the world and, and um, does shows in, in London, in some of the top London hotels, has residencies there. He's, uh, he's just an excellent singer with this excellent jazz band and they were making an album and I uh, did a duet with him on the album. So basically I've been singing all year. So if I look at the facts of, um, of my singing, I've been in a really good place and, and I've been getting a lot of positive feedback about, you know, my vocals. Um, so on paper, I should be feeling really confident uh, about singing. So if I just focused on the work itself, like, like what I was talking about in the last episode about letting go of the end result, then, I, then I'd be absolutely fine. What went through my head this weekend, uh, just gone on Strictly, was okay, I know that I've done all this singing this year and I've done, you know, a couple of different musicals and, and toured all around and albums and all whatever, whatever. But the general public who watch Strictly Come Dancing, who are watching it for the dancing and just know me as a ballroom dancer, they don't know any of that. There'll be, there'll be millions of people, because if there's about 11, 12 million people watching Strictly, not all of them came to see Rock of Ages or Burn the Floor. So there will be millions of people who had no idea that I, that I sing. They just see me as a ballroom dancer that dances on Strictly Come Dancing with celebrities. So what happened is my mindset and my head basically went, all of these people are going to be of the perception that this is my first time singing in front of people, that this is a new thing t to me. And almost like, oh, he's, he's, he's a dancer, but he's trying to branch out into being a singer. Um, and this is his first go at it. So they're not going to have that sort of confidence behind me of, you know, oh, we know that he can sing. 
um, it, it's going to be a bit of a test and there's going to be certain people that are going to want me to fail. You know, there's going to be certain people that are just waiting to write about me in the press or write about me on social media. Obviously, we did an episode on all of that, on how to cope with all of that and why you shouldn't worry about it. But I did get a bit worried about it because I thought, you know, what, what if I'm not spot on this weekend? If I don't sing it sort of perfectly, then people are going to judge me and people are going to think I'm rubbish and people are going to go, why is he doing that? He can't sing because they won't know that I, singing is also part of what I do. I'm, I'm not just a dancer. So I know as I'm sat here um, in my bedroom recording this podcast, I know that that's not the best way of thinking about it. And you're supposed to let go of the end result. I've talked about it loads and not worry about judgment from others. You don't need validation from others. You just focus in on your own work and do the best job that you can. But I guess what I'm saying is it's not always as easy as that. And just to let everyone know that like it happens, even if you know about this stuff, it still happens that your heads can sometimes get the better of you. And I just got so, so nervous about it, about what people were going to think and, and, and how to do it. And I became obsessed with, you know, producing the right notes and, 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 and creating a good performance. And, um, you know, to, to make sure that people weren't going to criticise me. And what ended up happening, because I became so obsessed with it, is that in the, in the rehearsal, it, like, it really didn't go well because I was too nervous, so, and I was trying to sing it perfectly. I got into this mindset of perfectionism, which is not a good thing. If, if you're a perfectionist, you're just kind of, um, it's like nothing will ever, will ever be good enough. You get, oh, this is wrong and this is wrong. Um, and, and you forget to just perform and you forget to just relax and enjoy yourself and just get, get into the character of what you're actually trying to produce and to entertain everyone. It's like you're trying to show perfection to someone. It's like a dancer who goes out and just displays perfect technique, but is completely boring and, and pointless, like doesn't entertain anyone. Um, so I got into that mindset. So in the rehearsal, I was kind of forgetting to perform and, and um, it just wasn't my best. So at that point, um, I got a bit panicky and a bit down on myself. And I, and I was, I was thinking, you know, oh, I really hope this goes well, but right now I feel like I'm doing a, a bad job. And I'm even talking to people and they go, no, you're not doing a bad job at all. You, you, you're not. You just, you know, we're in rehearsal. We'll try this and try that. And so I stayed behind on Friday night um, with the singers from Dave Arch's uh, band in, on Strictly and just um, asked them to listen to me singing and get any pointers from them. And I listened to how they were going to be singing the sort of backing vocals of it to make sure it sounded nice alongside what they were doing and did a load of work there. And then I came in on the Saturday because we were going to be performing it for the live show. And, um, and I was really nervous. So I called my vocal coach, um, who's called Lucinda Allen, who is one of the best singing teachers in London. Um, she's worked with loads of people. And um, I asked her to actually come to Elstree to, um, to just to prepare me just because she's very good at making sure I warm up properly with, with, with my voice, give me some breathing exercises to do because she's an expert in, in breathing and, um, and to go through the song with me, make sure, um, you know, iron out any creases basically. Um, and she was wicked in, in coming and, um, and just spending that time with me to, to make sure that I was ready to go. And in the end, what she said to me is, you, you can totally do this. Like you can totally, like, you know, you can sing, 
you know that you can sing this song. This is not a difficult song. Like the songs in Rock of Ages were much more difficult to sing than, and some of them in Burn the Floor as well were much more difficult to sing than this bit that you have to sing in, in Hello Dolly. Um, so you know you can sing it. Stop trying to be perfect and stop worrying about what everyone's going to think. Stop beating yourself up and hating on yourself and just enjoy it and just perform it because people just want to see a performance. Just get into character. Tell me about the character. And it was so interesting for me because it was like being on the other side of the Strictly experience because that's all the stuff that I say to my celebrity partner all the time. So basically, I just needed to sort of listen to my own lesson that I give to other people all the time in stop trying to be so technically perfect because you're worried about what everyone else is going to think of you. Let go of all that, of the end result, the validation, and just focus on your own performance, relax, and enjoy it and just perform and go out there to entertain. And in the end, um, yeah, I felt like that's what, that's what we did. We went out and put on a great number and actually in the end just went out and enjoyed it. Um, but it is funny how you can very quickly go from feeling like you're on top of all this stuff and, get, and being able to get into the right mindset to, to completely beating yourself up and being in completely, completely the wrong mindset. And, uh, and all of a sudden everything feels, you know, so difficult and you're not listening to your own, your own advice. Um, but it happens. And I guess we're all, we're all a work in progress, aren't we? And, and we all, we all have to keep, keep trying and keep learning at this stuff. And, um, for me, you know, it felt like another learning experience, keeping that learning and growth mindset as, as opposed to a fixed mindset and, I look at it and go, oh, here, here's what I got wrong. Here's what I should have done. Or, or here's what I did well. And um, at the end of the day, I really enjoyed the experience and enjoyed contributing to what was an incredible Strictly show. So, yeah, that was my experience with that um, this weekend. Um, so the, the main bit that I wanted to talk about is, uh, is the subject of creativity. Because when I've been asking... Um, about you know things that you'd like to hear me talk about, and I've done a couple of Instagram lives, and uh, people have been giving feedback and asking me questions. W one thing that people were saying was that they'd like to hear about more about the creative process. We did the episode on the Strictly dances when they go from you know from nothing to the performance on on the Saturday night. Um, you know the people are asking what happens when you're not feeling creative or you're not feeling inspired, like and and you need to create something. What do, what do you do at that point? So I've got a few points on this because at times we can all uh, experience that thing of a, like a, com a creative sort of block, you know, writers would call it writer's block. We all experience it sometimes where we just don't feel um, creative and, and it becomes very difficult to, to, to sort of start doing anything, whether you're writing something or, um, you know, choreographing something, whatever the thing is that you're trying to create. Um, it's about sort of getting in, getting inspired or getting into a state where you can just sort of flow and and, and start moving on something. So I read I actually read a, a really good book on creativity. Um, it was called Imagine by a guy I think his name Jonah Jonah Lehrer. I think it's called like Imagine How Creativity Works. I think is the full title of it. And there's a lot of really good stuff in there, so I'd, I'd recommend reading that. And the first point um, that that probably came out of that. And I've touched on it a bit in what I was just talking about with 
um, with Strictly this weekend and, and, and do my singing on that, um, is that when, when we put pressure on ourselves um, to create, we get into this mindset of, of perfectionism. And, and like I'm saying, when, when, when you're a perfectionist, you, you worry about every single part of what it is that you're creating and, and you, you, nothing is, is ever good enough. You're never satisfied with what it is that you're doing. It, it's like you get into this mindset of the thing that I have to create right now has to be amazing. And that's quite a dangerous place to be when you're thinking, right, I have to create something amazing because it's, it's, it's all linked with the, that last episode about letting go. You have to let go of the, the end result, the, you know, this has to be amazing or people have to love this. And you just have to focus on the actual piece itself, like the, the, the painting or the dance or the song or the, the presentation that you're writing, the essay that you're writing, whatever it is. You just have to write an essay, the best one that you can do, rather than I have to write the best essay that's ever been written. Because suddenly that puts a whole heap of pressure on it and you start analysing every single sentence in that essay. You write a sentence and go, that doesn't sound right, that doesn't read right, I don't like that word, I've used that word three times in this essay, da, 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 da. and suddenly you just it, you get into a very critical mindset and you criticise every single thing that you're doing and, and you second guess it. So this has happened to me before when I'm choreographing. Uh, I, can, I can be choreographing a, a dance and rather than thinking this is how I'd like the dance to be, I think... Oh God, this, this dance has got to get a 10 and it's got to impress everyone in the country and be the greatest dance that Strictly's ever seen. So if I'm doing a move that I think goes really well with the music, then I might look at that if, if I'm in that sort of perfectionist mindset and go, well, yeah, that does fit really well musically, but it's not the greatest thing that anyone's ever seen. It's not the most inventive, like it's not the most original thing that, that anyone's ever seen. And therefore I'll second guess it and scrap it and get rid of it when really if that to me is the most musical thing I could do at that point or if you're writing that essay it's the best that is the best paragraph you know um, that sort of fits what you're trying to put across then that is that is what art is that's what you should go with you shouldn't look at it and, and, and criticize it with this perfectionist mindset of um, of oh, I've, I've got to make sure that this is the greatest thing that anyone has ever read or, or the greatest painting that anyone has, has ever seen. So point number one is get out of the perfectionist mindset, the mindset of trying to impress and focusing on the end result. Take the pressure away, let go of all that, and just focus on the work itself. Just just focus on what, what you would like it to be rather than what you think ever, it needs to be for everyone else to like it and for it to be the best thing that it's ever been. Let go of it being the best when, when you start creating. Number two forget for getting creative is to set the conditions um so also when when we're putting all this pressure on ourselves it's very difficult to be sort of ultra creative in a high pressure situation that there's a lot of evidence um to suggest and, and like i say i read it in this book um there's a lot of evidence that says that people are at their most creative when they're at their most relaxed now, I don't know if you've ever found, um, certainly I have, that like, say if you're in the shower or something and you've got nothing to distract you, no phones, no TV, no deadlines, no, you're not in a rush, you're just in the shower, in the bath and you're just completely relaxed and you're just in your own little world and, 
your brain starts to to think about things and imagine things and and it's very easy to suddenly get a great idea you suddenly get quite creative you suddenly I, th- I always feel like I have my best ideas in the shower I'll, I'll, I'll be just like relaxing having a shower and all of a sudden I'll think this would be really good for a dance piece or I'd love to write about this so I'd love to talk about this on the podcast and and suddenly because, because I'm relaxed and I'm not putting any pressure on myself all these ideas sort of start flowing so I would suggest to set the conditions for creativity that you could do something like you know have a bath or have a shower um go for a walk I know um I know a really good choreographer who 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 says to me just just when you when you're trying to choreograph just go for a walk just just go for a walk walk around put the music in your ears and I often do that myself actually um if I've got a choreograph that day I I live by the river and I usually walk up and down the river just in sort of peacefully walking up and down first even with no music in my ears and then I'll put the music in my ears um not putting any pressure on right this has to be like this or this has to be like that in the dance just listening to the music walking up and down the river and then ideas start to flow so you want to be sort of comfortable with no no distractions and I can be the worst for distractions I'm really guilty of like filling my brain with stuff all the time Um, so I like to always have a podcast on for example or I'll be watching football or listening to football or um, wrestling or I'll put on you know some a, a playlist of music that I like um, that I'm that I'm not leaving my brain sort of any space to think about things or be or be creative anyway in any way yes and some people um, some people it's like if they're commuting so say they're on the train or you know on, on a bus or whatever in the back of a taxi if if have you, have you ever had that experience where like your phone's died and you're just like, oh God, I'm going to be, I'm going to be really bored. I've got nothing to listen to. I've got no music. I've got no podcasts. I've got, I can't look at uh, social media and you suddenly get really bored. But when you get bored, then you're suddenly left with your own thoughts and you, you, your brain fills up with, with other stuff. It's like your imagination takes over. And that's when the creativity kind of kicks in. A lot, like I say, a lot of the time I'm filling my brain with stuff, right? whether it's podcasts, whether it's music, whether it's games, whether it's social media, whether it's texts, you know, whatever the thing is, there's just stuff all the time hitting my brain. When I have my moments, and it's not very often, but when I have my moments when I turn all that off and I'm just left with my own thoughts, that's when your imagination can start running wild. And that's when I start to have ideas so you have to allow yourself those moments of of sort of relaxation and and not having anything filling your brain there's a famous story about how jk rowling um obviously famously wrote the harry potter series um she started forming the ideas like the basis and the structure of, of the harry potter books when she was on a train she was on a long train ride and she sort of had nothing to do and she was just sat there on this train in comfortable and, and sort of in peace. And her imagination just started running wild and created Harry Potter, which is one of the sort of the biggest things that's ever been created. So, yeah, that's point number two. I would say get yourself comfortable and relaxed. Switch off distractions and don't put pressure on yourself. Just um, 
just let your brain take over a little bit in a comfortable way. Let your imagination take over. And that's when creativity starts to flow as well. After you've got yourself in that state, um, what I like to do, once I'm feeling really comfortable and I'm starting to feel a little bit inspired and I'm, I've got a few ideas, say for a dance piece that I'm creating or whatever, that's when I like to sort of take to YouTube and watch a few things that inspire me. Because now I'm in this relaxed sort of flow state. And it doesn't even have to be connected to the thing that you're that you want to create. It doesn't have to be like if if you want to paint something, it doesn't have to be some sort of great painter or it doesn't have to be some great musician if you're trying to write music or whatever. Um, It's just anything that sort of makes you feel good or excited or inspired. So I like to watch Robbie Williams quite a lot on YouTube because he gets me excited and and, and inspired and, and he gets my emotions going. And I think when you when your emotions are are going and your brain's in that relaxed state of, um, and your imagination's starting to take over. That's that like nice little mix where cr- creativity can kick in. So sometimes I'll watch Robbie or I might watch Fred Astaire dancing and, and there might be sort of one move that I see them do. It might be one flick of the eyes or one, one little move that Fred Astaire does or something that'll spark an idea um, because I've put myself in that state that's sort of ready to receive creativity. And it'll be that one spark that that can take you on this little journey and you take it from there and that creates the next bit, then the next bit, then the next bit. And suddenly you're creating. So point four is once you're once you've started. Um, so, so you've decided we're not going to put any pressure on ourselves. We've gone for a walk, got ourselves comfortable, turned off distractions and got ourselves sort of ready to receive creativity. Then we start watching a few things that inspire us and the creativity starts to spark. Point four um, would be set yourself some boundaries. So I've always found that the the most difficult place to start from is a blank sheet of paper. So just for for the purpose of relating it to to creating dances for Strictly Come Dancing, um, if I'm given a blank sheet of paper and told, right, create a dance, create the best dance you can do, it it's really difficult. That's why actually the show dance is very difficult on, on Strictly because there's no, there's no boundaries. The show dance on Strictly in the final, for those of you that watch Strictly, if you make the final, you do what's called a show dance with your partner and there are no boundaries or restrictions whatsoever. You can do whatever you like for a couple of minutes. Music, props, style, lifts, you know, wh- wh- whatever you want. And that's quite a scary thing for any choreographer because the ba- boundaries are what create... It sort of creates sparks for, for, you to, for you to play off, you know, and, and starts to give you ideas. So what normally happens is that they'll say like, right, well, you're going to do um, this week, you're going to do a foxtrot. OK, so now now I've got some direction to go in. And they say it's going to be set in um, it's going to be set in Paris. OK, so now I'm thinking sort of um, a, a Parisian setting, maybe a cafe or something. And, and, and thinking of the street and, and thinking of the, the vibe and may, maybe a sort of romantic feel. It's going to be to this song and you start listening to that song and going, OK, that's got a certain vibe to it. Um, yeah, I, I understand that. It, you're going to be dancing with this partner. OK, so now we know what what that dance partner, what their capabilities are, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are. Um, and you start to sort of form an idea of what this dance should look like or if say if you're going to write a song 
start by creating some boundaries for yourself. So rather than just going, right, write the best song you can write, it's, it's too broad for creativity to spark. So what, what you should try doing if, if you're at a complete block, if you're trying to write a song is go, what are you going to write a song about? So, so just decide on, on, on a theme of what it's going to be about. Don't think, right, what would be the best thing to write about? Just go, right, it's going to be about how much I love clothes, for example. Um, then think, what style should this song be in? Is it, is it like a slow ballad? Is it a jazz song? Is it a rock song, a pop song? Is it a sort of Broadway musical theatre song? What, like, give yourself a boundary. Then give, give yourself a, a, a tempo. Um, what's the structure of it? Give yourself, am, am I going to have a chorus? Um, what's going to happen in, in this song? Uh, you know, like give yourself some boundaries to, to, to play around. What instrument is it going to be based around? Is it, is it guitar based? Is it acoustic guitar based or electric guitar based? Um, is, is it more violin-y? Is it, is it, is it going to be played on a piano? Is it a whole orchestra? Once you start giving yourself those boundaries to play within, then you sort of have to stick to it, but it means you've got a path and you've got structure and you've got a direction rather than just saying, right, create the best song that you can create. A blank sheet of paper is too scary. So I would say point number one, we've decided to take pressure away. We're not going to, we're not doing this for, we have to impress anyone or it has to be um, perfect or amazing so we get out of the perfectionist headspace number two set the conditions get comfortable get bored almost just go for a walk have a bath um, get rid of distractions and just let your imagination take over let your let your brain be ready to receive creativity number three have a look at a few things that inspire you and get your emotions flowing so so you feel like you're sparking and there's a couple of ideas starting to spark. Then set yourself some boundaries. It's, I've, I'm going to create this within this framework, within this structure. So it's not going to be just anything. It's going to be a song about this. It's going to be an essay about this that is going to be very much focused on this, written in this style, for example. Don't, don't just go in with a blank sheet of paper. And then the fifth point that I would say um, if none of that is working and you're still not feeling like you've got exactly what you want um, when you're starting to create, I think a lot of creativity comes from practicality and, and just doing. Because I think sometimes we psych ourselves out of, out of doing work. We psych ourselves out of um, producing and creating whatever it is that we're wanting to create. So even for this podcast just now, I, I'd seen that someone had asked me about creativity um, and if you're not feeling inspired or creative you know what, what do you do and as I went through all these steps you know I went I sort of let myself have no distractions um, in the in the car home from uh, the TV studios today where I've been practicing for the Christmas special um, I've just looked up a couple of the things that I've already read about creativity and, and, and watched a couple of things on YouTube that I remember sort of enjoying and it sparked a couple of ideas. I wrote some things down in, in my book um, and just at first I was slightly like, oh, I don't know if I've got enough information here that's going to be useful or is, is this going to be good or not? 
But then you just got to let go of, is this going to be good or not? And just write, just write some things. So I just carried on writing. Here's point number one. Here's point number two. Here's point number three, point number four, point number five. And now we've, we've ended up arriving with, um, yeah, a nice, a nice little chunk to talk about surrounding creativity rather than psyching myself out and thinking this podcast is going to be no use to anyone. So, uh, I'm not going to do it or, you know, I've got, I haven't got enough to say, so I'm just, I'll, I'll leave it there. I think if you just, if you just keep doing it and keep writing and just allow some of it to be a bit shit, like <laughs> allow some, allow some of it to be not, not great. And then you look at it and go, Oh, actually I won't, I won't bother with that bit because that's not as good as that bit. But then that bit's good. I can use that and then that might spark another idea and then another idea and actually I'll take away that bit. But just keep doing it, like keep writing or keep on creating, keep choreographing, whatever it is that you're doing and just, you know, make some mistakes um, and, and be ready to be ready to adapt when, when you make those mistakes. Because when you've made a mistake and you adapt and go, now that wasn't right, it should be more like this, you've created another, another boundary. Uh, you've created some more structure for yourself, which makes it easier for more creativity to spark. So I'd say to anyone who is finding finding it difficult to get creative or suffers a bit of sort of writer's block with anything or just feels uninspired, um, just get going and get creative. Keep, keep doing it because ev- everyone has it in them. Um, but what we do is we're, you know, we're scared of not being great or of what people might think. And then we just pike out of it and uh, and don't bother. But if you just if you just keep doing it, um, keep making stuff and allow allow some of it to be rubbish. Some of it it will be great. But if you keep if you keep going, it'll spark and spark and spark more and more ideas, and you'll get more and more creative. Hope you found uh, some of that useful, and uh, I'll speak to you again soon. Mm-hmm.